This is an attack warning. Repeat, this is an attack warning. Sign on with the devil. So, Brandon, I will start with you. What do you think about the comments? I mean, the numbers are staggering. This is going to seem really, really insensitive. We're going to need a tank. Jim, uh, why have you looked at this president and said, I, I support what he's doing? He's got us locked in a basement. Uh, Frank came to my office, asked me, first of all, he asked me for an airplane ride. So this guy's a wise guy. So I gave him an airplane ride. Like if the Titanic took like four years to sink. Rick! Sign on with the devil. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocate Podcast. I am Brandon, and I am joined again by Franklin. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Happy 2021. Yeah, that fucking year took a, 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 more than a year, didn't it? Yeah, it feels like it. Um, Jim is going to be off for this week because he is celebrating his Festivus still. Um, so, uh, so we gave him, I believe, in religious freedom. <laughs> um, so, and he threatened to sue us as a company. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, so we'll uh, we'll have at this one. Um, without him, but he will be back for the next one. So, um, which we may do, I don't know, but like my original plan was just to do one more on inauguration day, but now with the excitement of this upcoming week, uncertainty of what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. Um, there might be an impromptu one in, in between. So we'll, we'll just play it by ear and see how it goes. If a civil war breaks out, we might have to do an episode. So yeah, it, it, at that point it's like out of our hands, right? A little bit, a little bit. Um, so Frank, uh, what is your high point for the week? Uh, oh yeah. Positivity in a, in a bleak world. I guess 2020 was ending. That's one of them. The other one, uh, (laughs) yeah. So it's been a, it it was a shitty year. It took fucking forever to get this year over with. It felt like it, it lasted a decade. Um, we also had no films at all. Like there was a, like, which for me sucks because I watch everything, but we had a ton of music. The one thing like everyone was recording because no one could tour. Uh, which I do miss concerts, but it, I, we got so many good albums. And like at the end of the year, Eminem dropped uh, his deluxe version of the album he had dropped in January. And uh, the, the 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 second disc, or I guess if you're a Spotify listener, the first disc. I don't know. I hate the way they do that. Right. The B sides. Yeah, the B sides. Um, it's fucking amazing and full of COVID references. It is. It's like I. I As someone who grew up and came of age in the 2000s, I'm obliged to like Eminem. I am Stan. Like yeah. that's I don't hide that at all. Um, I like the B sides better. Like I was at first, it was weird because uh, I think did it drop the night we recorded the Christmas the 18th, episode? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like we had been we recorded for a long time that night, and it dropped right after you guys left. And this was the first time where like I had a headache. I so like halfway through that episode. I start to get a sinus infection that then I had for the whole following week. But like, 
I can hear it when I go back and listen to it that like, oh, that's the point where your head starts hurting and you stop talking as much. It's, all, it's so uh, rare for me that we're recording an episode and near the end I can tell you're the one that wants to wrap it. Usually or, Jim or me right. is like the ones like, all right, we're like, done. By the end of that, like my head was just like pounding. Uh, and so when we got done and I had seen that that dropped, I listened to it. But I didn't listen to it the way that I normally do, especially with Eminem's last three albums. He's dropped them at midnight where there have been some rumors that but, he might. Yeah, but there's no uh, there's no promotion or anything. No advance warning. And so usually I stay up and I'll listen to the album because I'm a stan again. Um, and so this time I didn't. And like this time I listened to a couple of, of tracks and I was like, OK, it's like it's all right. I listened to it the fo- like the following week and was just like this is this is better than what he put out in January. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I was pleased with it. I was blown away by it, especially it being labeled a B sides album. It didn't feel like that. No. It felt like it could have been a proper follow up or yeah. something. You know? Yeah, it was. It's it also legit. has the greatest skit of any rap album, which I usually hate. It uh, the one skit on this album I is, think is is amazing. It does make me laugh. Yeah, go listen uh, to it. What about you? So for me. Uh, my my high point is an old an old uh, hobby game whatever that like I haven't played in years. I told you that we got the kids a Wii for Christmas, and so a, a couple of nights ago, after the kids went to bed, Stacy and I busted out Wii Sports and started uh, Wii bowling. And I do we used bring him back two thousand eight. So my sister and uh, brother in law. And Stacy and I used to have like we bowling competitions at their house like years and years ago, um, and so like we hadn't played in a very long time. Um, so this was the first time in several years that we popped in that disc and and got to play it. And like holy shit, just like you think I it holds up. Oh yes, I love it. Like. I was up there last night. I was upstairs after Stacy went to bed, just like playing by myself. I I remember at the time criticizing Nintendo, thinking like, why do the graphics of the competitor systems and consoles are so much better? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you do that? But looking back, like the Wii holds up graphic wise more than the original Xbox because like it's not shooting for photorealism. No, it's which not. is never gonna capture with those graphics. Right. It just went straight cartoony, which is always gonna look appealing. Right. Um, yeah, I was actually thinking earlier today, I was playing, uh, one of the Mario games with Timothy and I was just like, Mario is probably the greatest franchise as far as gaming that has ever, because it's always the same. Like there are slight differences. Like if you're playing, um, I know we have Mario all-stars, which was a super Nintendo game and a super Nintendo game. And when you're playing that, like. Ch- turned into a Wii game, it still works off the old timing. So, like, because throughout the years, gaming systems have adjusted for like realisticness or like whatever. Like the, the speed of the gamer. Yeah. yeah, you have to fine tune that shit to make it enjoyable. Yeah. So it is. So if I playing the old game, it's cons- it's way hard for me because I'm like trying to put my brain back into technology from 30 years ago, for old longer than that. But when I played it, yeah. um, and you know, so uh, but like man, we played one of the there's like a Super Mario Bros or whatever for Wii, and like where that like the that timing is more in sync with like 
new age games and it just like Mario holds up. I had hours of fun and then I was really mad at my four year old, <laughs> almost four year old. Did he finally, did he beat you? Like no, the, uh, he didn't beat me. Be but what he does is like I sit up at night and I go through Mario and I'm beating all the damn worlds for him and co- and accumulating uh, like accumulating like the the fire flowers or whatever, so that you can start off levels yeah. with that. And then Timothy logs on in the daytime and just goes back to the Deplete. first level oh. and just wastes everything in my <laughs> treasure chest. Like, what am I doing this? What am I grueling over these pipes and turtles for? Um. So yeah, we is but for for it was nice to have like a moment. Um, we haven't had a babysitter for a year. So like, it was nice to have a moment where we just got to like chill out and like kind of in our own way, call back to a time before kids when we used to just like go hang out with friends and play games and shit. I think Um, that's also going to be a great system for your kids when people just come over your, their, their aunts or uncles being like, here, pick up a wand or a fucking nunchuck and play with me for a minute. Right. All you have to do is throw a strike or try to throw a strike. Right. Yeah, no, it, it, the Wii the Wii holds up. It it was good fun. I uh I haven't watched them play it. How did are they willing to take turns with bowling and stuff? Are they able to sit there while you guys bowl, so or do they want to keep? Doing I won't it? actually let the kids play Wii uh, sports yet because I Timothy has already broken one expensive TV, <laughs> <laughs> um, and which like if you remember that, I don't know if I rem- if I said it on the show. I think I did, but like that was at the beginning of the pandemic. Thank God we had a stimulus because like he just chucked like something, I think a plastic ball or something at our our last TV and just like hit it in a way to where like the TV still worked, but because of the chip that he just put into the screen, it was all like the picture was all messed up and um <laughs> so we had to replace that. So like I'm not even I don't care if they have ties around the wrist. I'm not trusting a four-year-old to not figure out how to break that shit. Right. Like, I'm not trying to launch move. it across the house. Um, Do you remember when the Wii first came out, um, there was a whole website dedicated to injuries that the, they caused yeah. and damage done to houses? Well, it says when you turn on the thing. like, Oh, the, yeah, there's a warning. There's like, a hey. warning. Hey, put this shit around your wrist. And then there was one... Of the games that I was playing, I think it was Wii Sports, where it was like, do you have your, uh, it's like a, a controller jacket or whatever, but it's like basically a Sil- bumper. Silicone, yeah, yeah. I, I have some of those, yeah. Yeah, so that if it does hit anything, it's not going to break it, like, yeah, so the kids can play Mario for now. Any game where the controller is sideways, like at the old school Nintendo, yeah. I- I'm good <laughs> with that, but like, let's give them they a couple of years. They haven't graduated yet. Yeah, I want them to grasp the concept before I let them start throwing their limbs around <laughs> plus like i'm sorry but it's th- uh they'll be three and four in a couple of months uh that's just injury prone like somebody's gonna chuck something in yep. somebody's one head. brother's gonna give the other a bloody yeah. nose and i know which one it's gonna be <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know i just want to I, I just want to limit that um so today we are going to talk about a bunch of stuff um we so I said Happy New Year, and that word maybe like this may be the, might be the only time that I mentioned it for the rest of the episode. Um, I told you, kind of alluded to it in the Christmas episode, that um, I was getting increasingly frustrated with what was going on in politics around Christmas week, and I am considerably more frustrated with it as we have progressed. So we're gonna go through a bunch of this. Um, 
what I want to focus on is, is three things. Uh, the attempted coup, as it seems to, like at this point, I don't know what else to call it. A soft coup? A soft a coup. A digital coup? Uh, uh, an orange coup. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, like the GOP, to me, has just completely, like, I don't know. In a normal world, I would say I don't know how a party comes back from this. But I said that four years ago, and here we are. Um, yeah. I, like, the non-accepting, like, we've gone over how the election played out, how it was called, the bullshit lawsuits, and all of this. Um, and and what has happened uh, since shortly before Christmas, to me, is just, not only is it un is it unbelievable but it's like for a party that likes to throw around the term un-american it seems to fit what their typical bill of that of that is yeah Um, and it's everything they accused the democrats of when trump took office of uh undermining him saying he wasn't the president trying to you know uh when they protested the the certification of the results and all the times they you know not our president and shit yeah, but that they, that never you know it never it never it, went this far. It never it never produced anything, and it never went into the mainstream DNC. It never got to actual senators. No, it was or all anybody represent you know. No, because representing the people. Because I would say that to an extent, um, e- even within the party itself, there was a little bit of like when the the. The anti-Trumpers, the never-Trumpers, as they were termed four years ago, um, were kind of written off by people within the Democratic Party, too, as just like, okay, you're kind of being – like, you're going overboard. I remember actually early on at the beginning of the show, uh, prior maybe even to the first episode, my approach to – the the trump voters and that like i had always recognized donald trump as like if this guy's gonna be a if anybody's gonna be a fucking fascist and try to like stay in power when they're not welcome this is your guy um but i also thought that there was a reason that donald trump won and it was uh because people were sick of the status quo and people wanted to use him as a blunt force object um to take to the political establishment and so my approach in the beginning was we shouldn't totally write off trump voters um because maybe the democrats are partially responsible for how we got here because you call a bunch of people racists for a long ass time and they're going to vote against you now four years later i can comfortably say a lot of those people are fucking racist and that's fine call them out um, I also think, too, that now we're at a point where we can't write off the Trump supporter, but God damn it, we should be able to yeah. uh, at this it, point. But it is like it's it's and it's that argument. I hate I don't, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the slippery slope argument, but it's true in this case. And it was something that mean that I was I know I've been saying to you before I ever started appearing on this show of like Trump is uh, chipping away at the norms. And why it doesn't seem dangerous in and of itself, what it does is it gets us to this place where you don't have to accept facts or reality. 
Like the right. the first thing his campaign did or his administration did was lie about his you know the inauguration crowd. And yeah. you know, while that is silly on itself and it's not a big deal, it's it's fucking example of what they were gonna do is just deny reality. And when you told them and when you showed them what reality was, they're just gonna shake their head and be like, Nope, you're wrong. Well, and throughout the entire thing, the and Kelly all and that, Conways, the Sarah Sanders, the Sean Spicer, the everybody. fucking Scaramucci, everyone yeah. they hired. Um the fucking Michael Flynn's <laughs> yeah. Even the people who weren't hired, Giuliani, who's been there four years without an official title. Right. Um but this, this is all it was ever going to lead, though. You can't ever get anywhere else than the ultimate uh, fake news, which is that Biden didn't win. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, and and we've seen this, like, shit snowball, <laughs> like, just continuously. Like, it's rolled downhill. It's gotten bigger. One of the things that made me so mad leading into that Christmas episode, and one of the reasons that I couldn't even hold commenting, like, alluding to it um, off of that episode, which I had written down, like, shut the fuck up, don't say anything about politics at all, um, is when Texas filed a lawsuit um, against other states. Now, let's keep in mind before I play this clip that the Republican Party is the party of states' rights. That is the way that they pitch it to us, is that they are the party of states' rights, which means... Big government, bad. Federal government, stay out of my shit. My, like, I live in Texas because I like the way the Texas government runs. I get to call my representative. They, they that, live in my state. They know my, my woes. That's the fucking theory. It yeah. has, for some reason, nothing to do with where you're especially born. From, <laughs> um, especially Texas, who loves to fucking whine and moan about the Alamo. Right. And So Texas uh, – governor or attorney general, I can't remember exactly who it was who filed the lawsuit, um, sues four battleground states uh, over the way that they conducted their elections. Texas is trying to invalidate the results of the presidential election in four key swing states by suing them. The Supreme Court suit claims there are unlawful election results in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan, all states that went for President-elect Biden. There is no known evidence to support that claim. Experts in election law say there never has been such a suit. They contend Texas doesn't even have legal standing to assert that other states' votes were cast in the wrong way. The Texas Attorney General claims it does, because he says of its interest in what party controls the Senate and the Senate represents the states. I'm sorry, but to me that's kind of a bullshit line. Like, okay, you can have interest in... Then by that token, you could sue anybody for anything yeah. because I have interest in the way that it affects me. So then I can sue you for fucking like, anything. A uh, northern state <laughs> to a southern state if they permitted slavery because that affected them because right. free uh, free slaves would come to their state and then people would come to try to get them and it's just a ha- like right yeah don't it, fucking bullshit me about states' rights and then immediately when it's important like when states had the sovereignty to run their own elections to decide how and when. All they this, certify votes and they count them. This is sore loserism to the extreme. Oh, yeah. They take it up to 11. And and the thing that bugs me about it is that, like, even even you said a few minutes ago that— uh, Even me. E- even you said a few minutes ago, like, this is a common—it's it, common to look back at the Democrats and liberals in 2016 and say that this is similar to the way that we reacted— to Donald Trump winning. Oh, Russia had influence, whatever. Something that we didn't do, though, and I and I don't believe that it was said 
Even by anybody with any credible, like, what, no one ever said, like, even us, don't, like, we don't have, don't put him in, don't inaugurate him, right. give it to Hillary. Even we don't even have, like, the integrity that you just alluded to, like, journalistic integrity, or we aren't that, we're not journalists. Well, but no, but I, but even we didn't sit here and say that, that votes were changed or that, um, uh, that the election, like, Yes, there was a disinformation campaign. We acknowledge that. Um, the other thing that bothers me is that, like, when people make the comparison to the way that Republicans and Trump supporters are reacting to the 2020 outcome versus the way that the 2016 outcome was reacted to by liberals, is like there's a huge glaring difference to me, and that is the Mueller report. And even though on page one of both fucking volumes of that they said we're not going to fucking apply the law that doesn't mean that there's not 458 pages there of evidence that liberals had a reason to be like what is going on with the russia trump campaign ties but i think even then no one at least like i'm i'm pretty far left by most people's uh standards i don't remember that many people in the mainstream liberal media saying that like they should uh, go against the Constitution or invoke some secret hidden clause in the Constitution and swear Hillary in because she got three million more votes. Right. The conversation was, hey, why don't we just get rid of the Electoral College right. for next time? Yeah. It was – they accepted it, and they're like, but why don't we fix the thing that fucked us twice in 10 years right. or in 20 years, you know? Yeah, no, I – and, like, I even said the, that. And there were definitely sore losers on the Hillary side. There definitely uh, was. And there still are people who refuse to accept well, it. But they I, are the minority of people who are I remember, liberals. I remember having conversations with Mitch about the fact that conversations were going on within the liberal camp about, like, well, the electors don't have to – like, so I've heard all of this shit before. The difference is everybody followed the fucking book. Like – that's what they did. No senator gave that any stock because right. that was uh, detrimental to to democracy. democracy. It, yeah, exactly. Um, and and it just feels like this, the democracy is being sold out for political gamesmanship. Um, I'm not even sure what they politically gain though. Trump lost. They gain his base. They but think. I guess. That's but that's a fucking think. gamble on something that might not be that sturdy when he's dead. Or it, when he turns on you. It might not be that sturdy when there is no democracy anymore. You're what, playing by the rules that we've already that we've always played by yeah. or been told we're playing by. But when democracy's dead because you just killed it, like who's to say who gains anything from that? Yeah. And and I just wonder what the game the ultimate end is, because like let's say they know that like Biden's gonna be president, but we have to do this, we have to say he's not, we're gonna have to go with Trump. What do we get? What can Trump give us when he's not president? We're gonna have to listen to every Twitter rant and him telling us how to vote. But you probably won't because no, because they didn't even. They just Twitter has already said like we're kicking his ass off. Like they haven't said it in those words, but like you know that he's gonna get kicked off Twitter very quickly. Um, The first three tweets I would imagine would violate some kind of rule. Um. So, but I think I think what they think they gain and the the game that they are playing is Trump is going, but he's got seventy four million voters. I want some of them. And because that— Holly certainly seems that too. Well, and we'll get into him later. Um, But because that is their game, we want his— his base they're willing to sell, sell out to ma- democracy um and they're and and they're willing to do it with charades like 
This morning, President Trump and his Republican allies are ramping up their last-ditch effort to try to invalidate the 2020 election. More than 100 House Republicans have now said they support a long-shot Texas lawsuit, also supported by the president, asking the Supreme Court to overturn the results in four swing states Biden won. Now, over two dozen states are firing back at the Texas challenge, filing their own Supreme Court briefs Thursday. Pennsylvania's Democratic Attorney General called the suit a seditious abuse of judicial process. Overnight, Democrats blasted the Texas suit, including Michigan's Attorney General on CNN. Texas has has absolutely no standing uh, to uh, disenfranchise the 5.5 million voters in the state of Michigan and our 10 million residents. The problem here is that you're changing, you're changing the fucking precedent. If it's this easy to disenfranchise, uh, disenfranchise other states' voters, then anybody for the rest of ever who doesn't like the outcome of a presidential election can just sue the other states until they get what they want. Also, all they have to do is find any—I mean, these people don't even have any evidence to support their claim no. there was any massive voter fraud. But if their standard is the flimsiest, like the one example they can find of one vote or one person mm -hmm. acting maliciously, if that's the standard that you can throw out 100,000, 200,000, 600,000 legitimate votes, that is a that is not even a slippery slope. No. It's a fucking cliff we're driving off. Yeah, absolutely. Of, uh, of elections will not matter anymore. Votes will not give up matter. No. It'll all be about lawsuits and lawyers. We, like, that's Russia. Like, that's Putin's game. That's when we get a president who wins by 97% of the vote every time. And then they only do 97%, so you kind of buy that, oh, there's resistance, but it's overwhelmingly support. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Yeah, this is not a good place. We're not yeah. in a good place. Uh, and, you know, this is one of the things that, like, I, I mean, hindsight should be – like – Here's the thing. I can't even say hindsight's 2020. He got 74 million fucking votes. Like, there's a possibility but here's the that thing, in though. six weeks I'm going to take this down so they can't find me. That <laughs> like, is true. He got 76 million <laughs> votes. But the thing is, 80-something million people voted against him. So if you true. suddenly install him and be like, yeah, hey, not only did the last four years, not only did he enrich himself, he enriched his family, he got, he did away with the annulment clause, the Hatch Act, he, did all, he didn't do anything except give billionaires the tax cuts, but he also stole an election. There would be rioting in the streets. Yeah. People are not going to stand for that. No. And at this point, we just had – now the thing is, like, are the Trump people so dumb and so disillusioned, they're willing to go to a civil war over nothing, over the flimsiest fucking information. Right. Over uh, – And I would say no, but I personally know people who voted for Trump and st twice. Yeah. And still buy this shit, so I don't know. I don't know either. Um So according to the Associated Press um, in November – Trump summoned a delegation of battleground states Republicans lead, Republican leadership, including the Senate Majority Leader and House Speaker, and an apparent extension of his efforts to persuade judges and election officials to set Biden's 154,000-vote uh, margin victory and uh, to set aside his victory um, and grant jump, Trump the state's elector electors it came amid mounting criticism that trump's futile efforts to subvert the results of uh the election could do long-lasting damage to democratic traditions which like it absolutely 
it absolutely would. Trump's efforts extended to other states that Biden carried as well, amounting to an unprecedented attempt by a sitting president to maintain his grasp of power or in failure to delegitimize his opponent's victory in the eyes of, of his army of supporters. That's really what Trump's game is. Trump's game is that, like, Trump's game is just making Biden look shitty, right? Like, I mean, he may, I, I think that, like, ideally he could keep, he would want to keep the presidency. But yeah. knowing that he's probably not going to do that, then the next best thing is just making it shit hard for Biden, yeah. right? Saying that um, he's not a real president, stonewalling. Making half the country believe that he stole the election. Yep. Uh, if I can't have democracy, nobody can kind of thing. Right. Um, so the there were some there were a couple of Republicans um, in Congress, the namely the 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 ones that we've seen throughout the Rhinos. four years. Uh, rhinos, if you're an idiot. Um, ben, <laughs> Romney. Ben, ben Sass. Yeah. Is it Sass or Sassy? It's Sass. I always want to say Sassy, <laughs> yeah. the way it's spelled. He's kind of Sassy. I read it more than I, I hear it. Um, but he he had some, some strong language for the uh, attempt. Even some Republicans are taking aim, including Nebraska Senator Ben Sass, who told the Washington Examiner, I suspect the Supreme Court swats this away, adding the suit looks like a PR stunt rather than a lawsuit. So Ben Sass is still not playing games. Doesn't matter because Ben Sass is. Well, the problem is everyone else is playing games. Yeah. Like, can I, uh, I'm going to read something from The Atlantic. Uh, okay. They did this. They published this on December 7th, 2020. So we're going back a little bit. Uh, they they said, uh, with just a few notable exceptions, Republican officials have met Trump's lies with the com- uh, combination of tacit approval, pretending not to notice them, or forbearance. In a recent survey, an alarming 222 Republicans in the House and the Senate, 88% of them, refused to acknowledge that Biden won the presidency. Another two insisted that Trump won, and a few more – a few have started to speak out, but what is uh, – it's not even really – it doesn't even matter. The few that have spoke out, they go to point on are like – they're – they're not like really important people, right? Like the, the yeah, eighty-eight percent of Republicans are not willing to admit that Biden even won because they don't know what their official stance is because Trump hasn't told them yet, right? Which is unbelievable. Like it, and it's again. I don't. Want, I'm not going to overuse an American, but like if you're talking about it's, what it's, America it is, traitorous. Is, it's a, yeah, it's. It it's, is a traitor move. It's fucking treason. Yeah, okay? it. yeah it's treasonous. Like, because what you're doing is you're undermining our own institution. One that this because motherfucker— guy didn't win, and which is not ever done before. Which doesn't Other make, people do not do that. It doesn't make sense because they don't even like their guy. Like, they don't fucking like him. Yeah, and you see that with, like, uh, someone pointed out, that, like, and we'll get into later on the stimulus talk and everything, but McConnell's uh, reluctance to push any stimulus talk before the election, but the moment it was done— and when they had the Georgia runoff to worry about, he's like, he even sat on a private call with donors, like, right. we need to get the six hundred out to help these two get elected in Georgia, which yeah. he could have helped Trump. He knows that, and he didn't want to, right? Because he doesn't want to help Trump. The last four years were fucking. He got terrible. Yeah, for him, he got everything he could out of Trump. Yeah, and now is the perfect time to walk away because hanging around with him anymore is just going to do damage. Right. One of the things that bothered me uh, even more a couple of weeks, it it took a little bit of time. Um, this clip comes about a week and a half, maybe even two weeks after the lawsuit uh, against the essentially states' rights was filed. But one person who has had zero backbone 
through the entire four-year presidency, one person who doesn't speak unless he asks his wife all of a sudden is jumping on the Q train, and that bothered me because here's the thing. If people believe, if the Q nuts believe that Mike Pence can just read whatever the fuck answer he wants on January 6th next week, then that's... When he, when he has a largely right. cer- uh, ceremonial role to play. Right. That's one thing. If Mike Pence believes that, that puts us in a different spot. But Vice President Pence campaigning in Georgia ahead of the state's two Senate runoff elections in January, praising the lawsuit. President Donald Trump deserves his day in court. The Supreme Court. And all I can say is God bless Texas. What does the Texas have to do with the Supreme Court? Well, I mean, it, the lawsuit is the lawsuit was filed by Texas against the other states to go to the Supreme Court. Which it it, it wasn't. It, but he he's essentially saying thank God for these guys that are trying to save our campaign. I get what he's doing there. My problem is I get that what he's he, doing. He's he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> the problem that I have is that he's doing it. Like the guy who the conspiracy nuts think can steal this should not also think he can steal this. I know he knows that he can't, but the the fact also that the guy that they think should steal this if the Q people think like oh Pence is going to deliver us he's going to be the the it's all been a setup that's why he was yeah. put as VP mashed potato Mike fucking is gonna fucking save us blandest vanilla you've ever tasted mm-hmm. if they think he's going to save them why is he publicly saying thank God for the Supreme Court. Because I'm not going to fucking save us. They better because I we got nothing. I'll tell you why. Because throughout this entire, throughout four years, not just the election, definitely throughout the, the this whole bullshit process that we've been going through since November, but through the whole four years, those same people have been moving the goalposts on what the... The, the desired outcome. What is the... Th- what the, is a win? Right. What is the 4D chess move? Everything is 4, 5, 6, 7, 8D chess because they just keep... Because, Every time because you think Trump lost, failing. everything you think, you think Trump lost, it's actually just it's, this it, joker gambit. And, right. he, you know, it's part of his plan. He yeah. wanted you to kid, to arrest him so he could break out of your prison. Yeah, exactly. Um, he wanted you to fucking impeach him. That it, way, it only makes him stronger, it, Brandon. Except the thing is that real life isn't Arkham Asylum, and every time you break out, you don't get another episode. Right. <laughs> like Batman that... eventually will snap your fucking neck. <laughs> right. Tonight, the Supreme Court declined to hear one of the last legal challenges to the 2020 election, saying Texas did not have standing to bring the suit. At a White House holiday party this week, President Trump had high hopes for what he called the big case. The lawsuit was filed by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and joined by 17 other states, asking the court to invalidate votes from four key battleground states. But federal judges across the country have repeatedly tossed out the Trump campaign's claims due to a lack of evidence, and it lost yet another lawsuit in Wisconsin today. But tensions remain high as the Electoral College meets Monday to solidify Joe Biden's victory. Michigan's 16 electors will be offered police escorts. Elector Bobby Walton. I wasn't looking forward to the walk from the garage to the building, but I would have done it. And um, and I would have kept my head down and just kept walking forward. But this way, I don't have to uh, do it all alone. That's infuriating to me. The fact that we have to protect the electors, people who aren't even like, nobody knows who the fuck the electors are in a typical election 
year. Like, we don't talk about electors. We don't. In fact, there's so much of this process that's been playing out in front of us since November that we don't. That's never part of the process. Like typically, when so, when uh, when the vice president presides over the ceremony, that's at like op- noon on a open, Tuesday. Nobody yeah, gives it takes forty five minutes. He yeah. opens a couple of envelopes and it's over. It's on C span and no one watches. Right, everybody's at work while that shit's happening. Yeah. Like nobody gives a fuck. Um, so it's it just like it's so weird that we've gone from a place. I remember one of the first times that I like. That I stopped. I'm sure it wasn't the first time in like since I've been old enough to care about politics. Um, but and I, I, you were with me, so I know that you'll you'll remember this well. One of the first times that I stopped, I was at work, and I had but like I had to find a way to listen to what was happening. Was the James Comey after he got fired and then ended up on Congress? Like yeah, the you, wor- you the wouldn't world, listen to yeah. the, the live feed. Yeah. For for me, the world stopped, and I was like, I need to know what this is. And now we've gotten to a point, especially in the last two months, where it's just like everybody is doing that every fucking Tuesday. Like, yeah. every Tuesday. Cause it's just like, like, all every right. Every other so day th- I'm on Twitter, like, what's what's happening oh breaking God. news right now that's going to affect my future? Yeah, so the Supreme Court did what – and that was a thing that – so the Supreme Court tossing out um, – the bullshit lawsuit is one of the things that kind of still is a shred of hope for me because I remember being equally as on edge uh, going into that Supreme Court case or into like what was the verdict of that going to be um, as I am now going into this week of the 6th where Mike Pence is going to preside well, over on this. The, the day before the Georgia runoff elections or the next day Pence – Right. Does something and then goes off to Europe. We still don't know what <laughs> yeah. that, you know. Uh, those are also theories. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, like I remember feeling very much on edge um, during the Supreme Court thing. And then the Supreme Court, because I figure like, do all we've heard, every time we've talked about the Supreme Court, it's in the context of look at all of the fuckers that Trump put on there. Yeah. Um, See, now I think the thing with the Supreme Court, the re- at least the reason I had more hope is that there's no ramifications for them. Mm-mm. You know, Amy Coney Barrett and fucking Kavanaugh and Gorsuch right. c- can all come out and vote against Trump, and the best he can do is a Twitter rant, but you can't you can't take them out. They're no. lifetime appointments. They're now more right. powerful than Trump. Well, in a democracy, let's talk next week. <laughs> <laughs> Once he becomes the god king, he might have their heads on pipes. Right. But, um, President fucking infinite. As long as they had the final say in the court, you know, case they can deny that. Though. I just but I hope think to, to them, God like, he doesn't have like an infinity gauntlet or yeah. some shit because like then we're all <laughs> completely fucked. God, um, he would be the most incompetent Marvel villain of all time. He would just shooting himself in the foot, having like sidekicks like Giuliani. Although like, honestly, this never the latest G- Guardians villain, yeah, that could work. There's it humor in work. that one. Um, but I think there is like. Uh, there's not as much risk. Like, the reason you see a lot of senators like uh, Holly will get to and fucking Cruz or, or all these people who have, to, who have to bootlick is because they need his voters. Right. And they can't get people excited on their own. Who's going to get excited about Ted Cruz? Ted Cruz's wife doesn't get excited about Ted Cruz. <laughs> fair. Like, Very fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm assuming, like— I think that's a safe assumption. I feel like it is. That's not slanderous. No. Um— but I think, like, with with the Supreme Court, like, you have people up there, like, Kavanaugh, who obviously has a, uh, a fucking hard boner for a, a abortion and wants to get rid of that. 
Right. But like they're not actually they don't think they like Trump. I think privately most people who vote for Trump don't even like Trump. They like how he makes the Democrats mad. They like how he makes yeah. fucking people who want uh exclusive or inclusivity it makes them upset. It makes yeah. you know minorities mad. I think yeah, I think uh racists like Donald Trump. Yeah. Like he can I, get under people's skin. That's about his one good yeah. skill. He's a fucking bully, man. Like yeah, he's really good at nicknaming yeah. people. So so I don't know. I I am glad that the Supreme Court had the the wherewithal to stay above politics on that one because again like you said you can't really do anything to them as long as democracy survives and if they are supposed to stay above politics when you see that this was a a clearly politically motivated lawsuit in the first place they should throw it out and there shouldn't well also how bad how stupid would trump look if like Less than a year after getting both of them on the Supreme Court, he's suddenly on Twitter saying that we need to, uh, we should recall them. We should get yeah. them off. Like, motherfucker, you just put them on a lifetime appointment. Yeah, they were like, good guys when they were good guys. You can't go against them. Wait, I mean, isn't that the story of the whole four years? Everybody. Yeah, that... but I think they're different because they can't, he can't fire them. They can't get. That, that like, is true. Yeah. He put them in a position that he cannot himself remove them from. Yeah. And they'll be there long after he's like, that was the why they're such an important position. And he just picked names out of a hat. Right. I bet he wishes he picked somebody different than fucking bet, Mike Pence right now and to maybe, be the guy presiding know, over the shit. Maybe he did a Comey and he had a conversation with both of them and thought he had their loyalty. And they were just like, I know what to do. Tell him you have the loyalty. And don't, don't give a fuck. What's he going to do? It was, like, uh, it, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I I would bet you though, like because there was a lot, you know, he loved Jeff Sessions before he hated Jeff Sessions. He's gonna end up hating Mike Pence this week if Mike Pence acts the way that he should act, the way other people have acted in history. Uh, Mr. President, I rise to make a point of order. Is the point of order in writing, and is it signed by a member of the House of Representatives and a senator? Mr. President, uh, being that this is a solemn day. Uh, and a day that we are affirming the voices of the, the American the, people. Uh, the gentlewoman will... We wish to delay this until a quorum has been uh, maintained. The gentlewoman uh, will be advised, as all members of the joint session will be advised, that a motion for, a, uh, for the presence of a quorum uh, is not in order unless it is signed by a member of the House of Representatives and a senator. It since has been signed the, uh, by Since me, the chair has advised that the gentlewoman's motion is not signed by... A senator, it is not. Uh, it is not received. So this is Al Gore, real quick before I play the next one. Um, this is Al Gore in 2000. 2001. And January. 2001. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do remember that, like, as soon as this clip, you pulled this and sent this to me, and as soon as you told me that you pulled it, I was like, oh, that's that clip that starts out Fahrenheit 9-11. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't remember that. But I hadn't, but I haven't watched that movie in such a long time um, that, like, when, once I got the folder and I opened it up and I listened to this, it was like, it was just surreal to me because I remember in 2000 being like, Al Gore got (laughs) fucked. And he had to stand there, and he had to take it like a grown-up. For the benefit of the people for, and right. the, the nation. Yeah. And history books. And he, he couldn't fu- be a little baby. Right. And he did. Is the, is the objection signed by a senator? Well, Mr. Chair, Mr. President, I am objecting to, uh, uh, to the idea that votes in Florida were not counted. And it's a sad day chair, in America, Mr. President, when we can't find a senator to sign the gentleman, objections. The gentleman will suspend. Gentleman will the gentleman will suspend. The chair thanks the uh, gentleman from Illinois, but <laughs> shoulder shrug. <laughs> hey, hey, what are you gonna do? On the basis previously stated, 
the uh, the objection is the objection is not. And you know order. what the thing was? A lot of those people clapping weren't just Republicans. Right. That were just like, yeah, our guy won. There were people being like, that guy is a fucking grown up. This yeah. is what our leader should be. Someone yeah. who's an adult in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is a reason that I pulled those. That so that I've got another set of clips um, that are similar. But there's a reason that I pulled Al Gore first because Al Gore and George Bush was. The first time, or or one of the, like, prior to what's happening now. At least and, in this century, and in on, the last hundred years. And on very more realistic grounds. This was another instance where, in this instance, the vote was actually really close. And there was the three weeks of recounts and, like, whatever. And then um, one of the guy getting recounted's brother right. ran the state in which the counts were being contested. Now, the reason that I pulled that one and, pl- and played that one— or the reason I play that one first is because we all remember that. Like that's a big moment in uh, even before this election well, had well, played out. When I when I corrected you, January twenty uh, two thousand one is I remember is because like that was before nine eleven. Yeah, that's before everything went sideways in this country. Yes, and uh, that was like the last moment of a grown up being a grown up. Like I'm not gonna be. A loser, little titty baby. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. gonna fucking, I'm gonna stand up and do what's right. Yeah. Even though like we had three months of contest, and I remember those th- or those three weeks, whatever, feeling like they were never gonna end. Right. Every late night host had their jokes. Yeah. At school, the history teachers would talk about it and be like, "Oh, it's not," you know, which makes the last four years seem like right. a fucking joke in comparison how endless it's felt. Now it's interesting that you say that was the last moment uh, that we, the last grown up moment, um, because while I laughed and agree with you to some extent, I found another grown-up moment that's a little bit more recent. Mr. President, the certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Georgia seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Donald J. Trump of the state of New York received 16 votes for president, and Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana received 16 votes for vice president. What purpose, gentlemen? gentlemen rise? Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes were no not. Debate. There's no debate. Section 15 and 17 of Title III of the United States Code require that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both a member of the House of Representatives and a senator. Is the objection in writing and not only signed by the member but by a United States senator? Mr. President, even as people waited hours in no Georgia. Debate. There's no debate. Doesn't sound like he has dementia. It's not signed by no, a senator. The objection cannot be entertained. Mr. President, the, the uh, objection is, is signed by a member of the House, but not yet by a member of the Senate. Well, it is over. <laughs> so this is in uh, January of 2017. We Interestingly enough, right when this podcast started. Right. We find ourselves um, in, in a spot where... Biden, Joe Biden, vice president at the time, is presiding over the same the same, the same sort ceremony of t- yeah. um, that is going to take place this coming week. To, uh, to swear in that to we'll, swear uh, in Donald Trump and Mike Pence. Yes. And in the same way, we did have people. We did have Democrats that were that were objecting to the electors on the, on the grounds of uh, Russian interference. On the uh, the grounds of uh, Disinf- uh, voter that, uh, the electoral college uh, getting three more and more votes <laughs> went to Hillary. The, right. The difference was that like what Biden shut that lady down quick, being like, hey, did you get did you even meet the requirements to bring this up? No, then don't bring this up. Right. Which is the same thing that Al Gore did. Right. There are rules here. Right. Uh, He goes on further. 
The state of the vote for President of the United States as delivered to the President of the Senate is as follows. The whole number of electors appointed to vote for President of the United States is 538, of which a majority is 270. Donald Trump of New York has received for President of the United States 304 votes. Hillary Clinton of the State of New York has received 227 votes. Colin Powell from the Commonwealth of Virginia has received three votes. John Casey, the state of, I of Ohio, has received one vote. Ron Paul of the state of Texas Paul. has received Ron Paul one vote. Votes in 16. Bernie he got Sanders one vote. of the state of Vermont has received one vote. Faith Spotted Eagle of the, of the state of South Dakota has received one vote. So obviously he is uh, he's reading through um, – He's he's reading off the results and he, and he's you know you've got the you've got the one votes in there for I guess those are Ron electoral Paul. yeah the yeah. electoral votes that those guys accumulated from however many thousands of votes that they got um, in a in a in a particular state um, but uh, then we have a protest breakout in it, later on in this process. In the Commonwealth of Virginia has received 227 votes. Elizabeth Warren of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts received two. Maria Cantwell of the state of Washington has received one. Susan Collins of the state of Maine has received one. Uh, Carly Fiorina of the Commonwealth of Virginia has received one. The sergeant-at-arms removed the protesters from the gallery. The chamber will be in order. The change will be in order. Clerk, Winona LaDuke of the state of Minnesota has received one vote. This announcement of the state of the vote by the President of the Senate shall be deemed sufficient declaration of the persons elected President and Vice President of the United States, each of each for a term beginning on the 20th day of January 2017, and shall be, and shall be entered together with the list of the votes on the Journal of the Senate and the House of Representatives. The purpose of this joint session having been concluded pursuant to the Senate concurrent resolution 2 of the 115th Congress, the chair declares the joint session dissolved. I love his little laugh right there because, like, in hindsight, if only he had known that four years from now you will be in a position where they won't laugh off. Like, well, no, the, I think the, it's... I think it's even funnier that how, could how, he he, uh, he would have just read the rules. He could have realized that he could have just thrown out the entire democratic process and avo appointed himself just, if he wanted to. Fuck yeah, it. Fuck he, it. There yeah. are no rules. Yeah. I didn't even run. Fuck yeah. it. I don't need to run. Well, and that could have been. Like, and then he, like, he, got, he did this whole four years, and he's like, God damn it. Four years ago, I could. God, motherfucker. <laughs> someone read the book next time. Right. Um, what's hilarious about that is there was the whole, like, thought that Joe Biden was going to run in 2016, but then his son died, and then he didn't run. But there were a lot of people wondering if he was going to jump in at the last second. If he wouldn't have, and he just would have been like, I got this, fuck it, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry, the beginning of January, <laughs> like, got a New Year's surprise for um, so the, so But the, that, is, that is what we expect of Pence, that is what Pence is supposed to do. He is supposed to read... A pre You're supposed a to do what you do for the rest of the four years, which is fucking stand there and look like a guy who's only supposed to be here if the other guy dies. Right. But what the reason Pence or the reason Biden appeared so put together is because he's reading a pre-prepared statement. 
Right. You, there's just blanks. Who got the, who got voted for? How many votes did right. they get? Declare the winner. And then if there's protesters, uh, be an adult and tell them to get the fuck out of there. Right. Know, arrest that person. Yeah. Eject them. Here's the problem with, like, so if you're looking at the way that two grown-ups, Al Gore and Joe Biden, handled that adversity, um, uh, if you're looking at just the process, and if Republicans want to look at just the process, there is a difference in the process. And the difference in the process that allows us to get where we will be in a couple of days is a pathetic one, and it starts in our home state. It's a move that will delight President Trump and rankle Republican leadership. Josh Hawley becoming the first Republican senator to say he'll object when Congress meets next week to certify Joe Biden's win, an effort that won't change the outcome but could set up a showdown in Washington. There is a very clear process to handle and dispense with objections from members of Congress to the counting of the result, and that's just what we'll do, dispense with them. Holly writing, at the very least, Congress should investigate allegations of voter fraud and adopt measures to secure the integrity of our elections. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell warned his caucus against this very move, saying it was bound to fail and would force Republicans to defy Trump or vote against a fair election. So you've either got to say there was no systematic fraud or Donald Trump had the worst legal team in the history of Western civilization. This is a complete sham. Hawley is the first Republican senator to say he'll object, but he may not be the last, as others also consider their political futures. Meanwhile, the president argued that because a Gallup poll found he was the most admired man of 2020, it also means he won the election. <laughs> what a goddamn idiot. Like, I'm sorry, but what an idiot. Can we also point out the fact that, like, the the sitting president is almost always the most admired man by virtue of being the most popular and well-known man in America. Right. Right? Trump it hasn't took, been until this Trump, year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is actually a failure in his part that it took him 4 years to overtake yeah, Obama. Even his even his fascist followers. Didn't Obama still come in second place? Like Yeah. Yeah. I well, I don't know. I, I I'm saying so. I'm I saying yes, but I know that Michelle Obama still came in first place as the most admired woman. I just think it's funny that like cuz that's a statement on the 74 million strong vote. Like even his fascist followers weren't totally sold until he until he showed that he was going <laughs> to steal it. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, you know, and so first of all, Josh Hawley, that's a despicable move to be the to be the first senator. But it's a very Missourian move. It's a very Show me the evidence and I will say I don't need it because yeah. I go based on my gut. Yeah. True. Um, yeah, did we? for we, a long license plate. We also sued China for the coronavirus. That's true. It, yeah, we yeah. know how that lawsuit's doing. Fucking dumb. But no, I think it's really like reprehensible of Josh Hawley to be the senator because in in the last clips that we played so, of Biden and Gore, that was the that was the thing. The process. None of the senators signed on to whichever House member was objecting. Because um, I mean, you have four times as many House members as you do right. senators. There, it's a lot easier to become a House member. Right. They jo tend to be crazier. Now, what that clip rightly pointed out was that Josh Hawley was the first, but may not be the le the last. So far, 13 uh, senators have uh, have signed on. Um, 
And I think that we should remember their names because I think that they that we should remember them in 2022. Let's not give them the because all of this is this is for this is bullshit political grandstanding. This is a way to get their names in the news cycle so that when they decide to run for president in 2024 that they well, can call back to the Trump voters. And before you even get to this list, I just want to point out that I don't think I've said this on the podcast, but I know in our in our chats and stuff uh, between me, you, and Jim, I've talked about the fact, and I've talked about it to my little brother, I don't like Josh Hawley. No. I foresee him being worse than Trump in 10 years. He's going to be the new face of the GOP in terms of someone who's not willing to accept facts but does it with such a smug grin and has this youthful – charismatic uh you know he looks good on camera yeah i no i agree right? with you do you want to put it on the board that he's an asshole and that he's my arch enemy that he politically be, that he'll be the face of the gop in oh 10 yeah 100 percent. i would i would bet that put it on the board <laughs> i still have those handy <laughs> forget about that <laughs> um all right well i will i'll write it down um, I do want I do want to read their names though, because I think that we should not afford them the opportunity to continue their political careers into the twenty twenty four cycle. Um, several of these people are up for reelection in twenty twenty two, and we should not forget these senators: Ted Cruz of Texas, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, James Lankford of Oklahoma. These are all Republicans. Steve Dannies of of Montana, John Kennedy of Louisiana, Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, Mike Braun of Indiana, um, and those are the those are the sitting incumbents. And then we also have incoming um, senators. Crazies. Yeah, uh, Cynthia Loomis, Lummis of Wyoming, Roger Marshall of Kansas, Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, Tommy Tuberville of uh, Alabama and Josh Hawley. So I like let's, our own most despised senator. Let's take care of those uh, fascists trying to overthrow the will of the people in 2022. They're trying to pull can. Putin, right? I mean, that's all yeah. they're trying to do. They're trying to install I think Trump as someone who is a quote democratically elected, but not really, right? I think what they're trying to do is they assume that Donald Trump will get bored with being the pre- like he he's not I think they assume he's not going to run in 2024. And so we're going to need to be able to say to his voters, "Look, I had his back. You liked him, so you can like me." I think Holly is even smarter than that. I think Holly is like, "Hey, I could run in 2024. I could also run in 2028. I'm a young man." Right. If Trump is insisting on running in 2024, whether he wins or loses, if I just stick with him and get those mm-hmm. 73 million voters on my back, you know, I'm the new Trump. Right. I can run in 2028 and I can be the new, you know, face that it, it is 100% what he wants to do, but the, the what he's doing is undermining everything this country has stood for. Right. In order to do that. And all of this is going to come to a head in a couple of days on the 6th. Um you know, they now we're at a place where because of Josh, Josh Hawley leading the way, they're basically saying, fuck it to Mitch. Fuck you to Mitch McConnell, which like cool. Typically, I, I all for that, all for that. Yeah. In this case, um, Mitch McConnell is looking at it from a different perspective that, that I am. He's looking at it as you're going to screw us in 2022, potentially, because you're going to force us to take a vote. I am looking at it as uh, that 
that this is like this is a horrible precedent to set and you're going because what you're doing is you're playing with people's emo, like actual real there are real people in the game here the crazy people that are going to show up because uh because Trump called his fascist army to DC on the 6th like there's like there's actual weight in this game and if the wrong thing happens like you, can, you can start convince, a change re, a chain reaction of some really bad shit if you convince 70 plus million people that an election was stolen that the president is is not only doing harm but leading a cabal of pedophiles at what point is it not like if they don't rise up or start doing something, are they not complicit in it? Yeah. If they believe that, how can they just not like they're? How can they not incite violence? Yeah, it's, it's that's oh, that's where it has to end. It's bad. It, it's a bad spot to be in. And if you're apparently if you're in the Trump well, White House, you don't even give a shit about the sixth. The sixth doesn't matter to you. There's only one date that matters to you. Uh, Trump campaign senior advisor Stephen Miller joins us now. Uh, Stephen, at noon they're supposed to certify the election on January 6th. They're supposed to transmit it with the vice president with the gavel, Vice President Pence. What would stop that? Great to be on this morning. Thank morning. you for having me. The only date in the Constitution is January 20th. So we have more than enough time to right the wrong of this fraudulent election result and certify Donald Trump as the winner of the election. As we speak today, an alternate slate of electors in the contested states is going to vote, and we're going to send those results up to Congress. This will ensure that all of our legal remedies remain open. That means that if we win these cases in the courts, that we can direct that the alternate slate of electors be certified. The state legislatures in Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania can do the same. And likewise, Congress has that opportunity as well to do the right thing. If you just cured three simple constitutional defects, Donald Trump's the winner of this election. Whether it's the signature matching in Georgia that was illegally changed as a result of the consent decree without the legislature's approval, or whether it's the hundreds of thousands of improperly cast ballots in Wisconsin, absentee voters who never actually submitted the request for an absentee ballot, or whether you're talking in Pennsylvania, the clear equal protection violation when Democrat ballots were cured in advance of Election Day and Republican ballots weren't. These are just three of hundreds of violations that we've documented, and those three violations alone make Donald Trump the winner of the 2020 election. Right, and we know that uh, your legal team has litigated that. You have not had any success with it so far. Um, fuck you, Brian Kilmeade. Fu yeah, fuck off, Brian Kilmeade. Like, right? The, the, right? The fuck yes you. And hey, yeah, hey, bullshit. aren't you supposed to be an impartial journalist? Secondly, I, I, it, it's hard for me to talk through that because Stephen Miller, the, the tone in Stephen Miller's voice is very fucking Goebbels. Like, we're, like, when I we say... We already won... When I say fascist, like a couple of years ago, if I would have said that, even I—I I think we did say that. Yeah, even I at that time would have been like, I might be like exaggerating it a little bit. Like, yeah, right. it's bad, but like we haven't seen any like it's iron laughably, fist. It's like, laughably bad at this point. He's lying about uh, inauguration crowd sizes. We're now you know. we're getting to the point where. Like, we're talking Stalinism here. Like, these guys are... Um, Stephen Miller, based on his tone, based on his statements, 
is fully prepared to seize the the White House. Like they're ready yeah. for a, a fucking overthrow. What he is saying there is no different than what Flynn, Michael Flynn, said, the former general, about Trump should invoke martial law and redo the elections until he wins. Right. You know that is the same thing. That is what that is fucking Stalin. That's Putin. That is how he gets. You know, he anybody who goes against him is run out of the country or put in jail or thrown out of a window. Right. And then he wins, quote unquote, yeah, in a democratic election that is no in no fucking way democratic. And even their mainstream su- like supporters within the right are not only like what I what we did a five episode like kind of mini series within the TDAP Dark series where we really like there was a short period of time when around the Animal Farm time that we were really talking about like. Stalin, Stalin, Stalin. A lot of this thing, like Orville, these things, Orville, yeah. are fucking <laughs> like red flags in whatever sense you want to use that. Um, and now, even the supporters, the the Republican leaning, this is from the Hill on December twenty eighth. Republican leaning pollster Rasm- Rasmussen, Rasmussen, uh, yeah, uh, invoked a quote attributed to Soviet Soviet leaner leader joseph stalin in a twitter thread sunday suggesting vice president pence could attempt to overturn the results of the presidential election quote those who cast votes decide nothing those who count votes decide everything stalin the pollster tweeted before going to going on to outline a scenario in which pence refuses to certify the election results in swing states this is the which main would theoretically st- give tr- trump enough votes to be uh, voted in they're for bypassing the will of 80 million voters. So did Rasmussen, the follow- Which also, I just want to point out, that quote is even, it's not even, I don't even know that it's 100% attributed to Stalin. I don't right. think it was written down until the 70s. Even. By someone who like who worked for him. Even so, the fact that they think it's Stalin, and they're willing to quote yeah, how it. The fu- they, like- hey, I, I, I really hope that 538 and Real Clear Politics or anybody who aggregates pollsters takes them out of the running. Or, deg- or, or yeah. denigrates them down further on the list of people like, you shouldn't take seriously. Yeah, that's absolutely Especially ridiculous. their follow-up. When people pointed out that, like, aren't you supposed to be impartial? And they were, like, LOLing, like, oh, like yeah, they, we own you, libs. They had a, a, a follow-up post the next day that was like, oh, instead of – they said their defense was like, oh, they're grasping on to Stalin instead of the context of the – like, no, dude, there is no context. We the don't, context is you you invoked the Stalin tweet to say what the vice president yeah. should do. And then they LOL'd the fact that, like, oh, they're calling – they'd rather call us Stalinist than look at the context. No, we were calling you Stalinist before you called an audible. you were advertising Stalin beliefs and quotes. Like, it, well, you, didn't, you didn't put up a Hitler quote saying, don't act like this. Right. You put up a Hitler quote being like, this is what we should do. Yeah, this isn't – we should do what the guy who killed millions of people did. Un-American is becoming a like theme. Hashtag, hashtag <laughs> yeah. that shit. Um, so you know that's so. Thank God that the they're throwing out these fucking lawsuits and that like I don't know what's gonna happen January sixth, but the fact that like Pence is more or less like. The DOJ and Pence are, like, going against it. It yeah. gives me some hope. Right. Uh, but it's worrying. It, it's fucking worrying. After all of this ha- took place, Louis Gohmert of Texas uh, filed a lawsuit against Mike Pence um, to uh, basically the lawsuit saying his goal in the lawsuit was basically to overturn current standing, like, current whatever standing, um, however it's written, and he wanted – the, the sole power 
to not be a procedural thing, but just be given to Mike Pence. Um, And the the DOJ came out against that. The courts have thrown that shit out. Um, But just the sheer fact that we're talking about this, the sheer fact that we have so many in the GOP trying to overturn the will of the people. People, Josh Hawley's line about, oh, if we don't investigate this, 74 million votes don't matter. Yes, they do. They just don't matter against 82 million votes. Can we just point out how fucking ironic it is? After four years of Mueller investigations, and us looking into stuff that they claimed it was a witch hunt, that there was no merit to looking into it. Right. And we were just like, hey, there's not a problem with looking into it. Let's see what we find. Right. But now they're going to be like, hey, we just want to look into Why it. Why haven't we Fuck stolen you. the witch hunt line? Fuck like, yeah. We should do that. Um, because it's stupid. When you say witch is. hunt, immediately people are like, oh, you don't have an argument. Because yep. you should be able to say something more relevant than point out an, right. a 400-year-old analogy. Right. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. Um, in the midst of all of this going on, the GOP trying to overturn the will of the people, um, the uh, the 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 bullshit lawsuits, the charade, the Josh Hawley, uh, like Josh Hawley's line again about the seventy-four million people. It makes me laugh every time somebody quotes that because eighty-two million people or eighty million or whatever it was, like is still more, and I know that Republicans aren't used to winning both the electoral and the popular vote, but sometimes that happens. Yeah. And, and that's this is what it, it looks up. like. Um, you know, This so, is what happens when you uh, fuck up colossally for four years. Like, this right. is, you pay, and you es- have to pay the price. And especially for, for, like, ridiculously for the last year. Because, like, I still believe that Trump probably would have won re-election against Biden had it not been for 2020. But oh, the coronavirus, the, definitely. Yeah, because he completely fucked the whole thing up. Yeah. If he had not fucked it up, Democrats would have run on a failed impeachment. They would have run on a... I honestly think alert. him even getting coronavirus might have been his nail in the coffin. Had he not gotten the coronavirus and had they gotten some another round of $1,200 checks, I think yeah. he probably could have walked away with well, it. And, and had he not actively told his people not to right. write and vote. And I'm glad that you mentioned it because that's where I was going next. Is While all of this is happening – there's still there's benefits that are running out. The G, the Republicans, and the GOP, and Democrats have been, well, I'd say going back and forth, but they haven't been. The Democrats have been offering up stimulus proposals since May. The Republicans have been jerking each other off, not doing anything, and now all of a sudden that the election's over, the election is over. Mitch McConnell's ready to talk stimulus, and. Uh, but they're not ready to talk seriously about it. They they did pass a six hundred dollar check that then Donald Trump threatened. <laughs> is, the, oh my well, god! So he was all for it fine, for at first, right? And then they passed it, and then he said he was gonna veto it because he wanted two thousand dollar checks, right? And then they went back and tried to get two thousand dollar checks, which McConnell wouldn't even but, let them vote on. But first, what happens in because if you'll remember the timeline, what happens in between him being okay with it? And Steve Mnuchin negotiating the deal on behalf of the white, on behalf of the White House for six hundred dollar checks, and then him being pissed off about it and going on Christmas vacation. The thing that happened is Mitch McConnell came out and acknowledged that Biden would be the next president, and told senators not to dispute the ele- like the election results. On January don't, 6th, don't contest yeah. them on January sixth. Trump's pissed at this point. The only reason he gives a fuck about $2,000 checks now is because he wants to stick it to Mitch McConnell through the holidays. 
and like I, I really like I think he's such a small man that like and which is fine with me. Fuck up Mitch McConnell's holidays. Fuck him. Like Mitch McConnell yeah. Mitch McConnell can have a shitty holiday for every holiday that he has remaining, and I'm cool with that. In fact, I hope that for him. Um but the but Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about us getting two thousand dollar checks. He wants to take the the country hostage. There's a pending government shutdown if he doesn't sign the stimulus check that was just negotiated on his behalf, um, and he goes away to Mar-a-Lago for Christmas. He's well, not gonna I also sign want to it. point out that uh, one of the major reasons I think that he doesn't he wants the two thousand dollar checks is that he he doesn't like the fact that the bill they finally did pass and they all agreed on they sent him doesn't include the things he wants mainly right. the repeal on the section two thirty the uh, mm-hmm. the protection for Twitter and Facebook for, yeah. yeah. For things people post, which somehow he thinks if he can repeal that, that they, Twitter won't label his tweets as misleading. Right, or he can sue him for it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which is not what it does at all. It no. just protects them against if someone posts a manifesto. Right. They You can't sue Twitter because they take reasonable ah, those restrictions. Are just, those are just facts, Frank. Right. But that's really that's why he's trying to tie this two thousand dollar check that everyone wants, all well, the people want, into things that he wants. I also he think wants them to legitimize the the election fraud scenario, and he wants them to repeal the law that would that that I hurts also, him on Twitter. I also think it doesn't hurt with people who are not who don't pay attention to the political process. If Donald Trump comes out and says "fuck a six hundred dollar check, two thousand is where I want you to be," and then if that actually happens. You're gonna make some people like you that yeah. didn't really also, give a shit. I mean, that fuck a two thousand or a six hundred dollars check, two thousand. I agree with that statement. Right. You know. Yeah. Ninety well, percent of Americans agree with that statement because who doesn't want two thousand dollars? Well, and right that's now? what I was explain. Like that's what I was talking to Stacy about that night. It was like it's funny because like I do agree with him. It doesn't make me not. It doesn't make me like him more. And I don't want <laughs> like, to. Uh, I don't want to give in and give him $2,000 or take a $2,000 check in order to legitimize his lies. Right. And and in order to give him an opportunity to, like, lie on social media. Right. Like, so Twitter should be able to label his shit as lies. So Trump decides he's going on vacation. He's not going to sign the bill. The Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Democrats slam dunk that shit as soon as as soon as he put out the video saying that we need two thousand dollar checks nancy pelosi was like we agree let's do it we'll write it up tomorrow on christmas eve we'll pass the shit whatever bernie sanders got going with like we're gonna force the the senate to have I think the even vote josh holly and bernie sanders were on the oh, same page who who it's shocking strange that the, bedfellows yeah, indeed the guy who who was planning on a future run for president would be both uh, contesting the election results and pro two thousand dollar payments. Guess who else is uh, pro two thousand dollar payments? Uh, David Perdue and uh, Kelly Loeffler. Kelly yeah, Loeffler. Yeah, both people running in Georgia who, yeah. who in the runoff. Inter- interesting yeah. how that works. So after a week and uh, after a week of bullshit, taking the country hostage, allowing unemployment benefits to run out, um, allowing several programs, safety net programs, pandemic related safety net programs allowing christmas to go through without people knowing if they're going to get any relief yeah fuck yourself yeah so after a week of being taken hostage by donald trump over two thousand dollars um he signed the six hundred dollar deal and got fucking nothing from it tonight president trump finally signing the 900 billion dollar covid relief bill nearly a week after it was passed in congress for days the president demanding congress increase the size of the stimulus checks from six hundred dollars to two thousand 
something House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the president agreed on. But Republicans wouldn't budge on the deal's price tag. The president signing the bill from Florida, where he is spending the Christmas holiday with his family. The bill in limbo for days. The White House had indicated the president would sign it when it hit his desk. But in a surprise move, he released this Twitter video Tuesday blasting the compromise. It really is a disgrace. Republicans caught off guard, pleading with Trump to sign the bill that came together after months of bipartisan negotiations with members of the president's team. If you want to make a $2,000 check, negotiate that from the beginning. I understand he wants to be remembered for advocating for big checks, but uh, the danger is he'll be, he'll, he'll be remembered for chaos and, and misery and erratic behavior if, uh, if he allows this to expire. Time was running out for the president to act. Unemployment benefits ran out this weekend, and the government was set to shut down at midnight tomorrow. The president's Treasury Secretary was on the record telling Americans their stimulus checks would arrive before the new year. People are going to see this money the beginning of next week. The whiplash from Washington has kept Americans on edge. Art of the deal. Oh, that yeah. is how you make a deal. Yeah. You you wait for a week, and then when you get nothing, you sign it reluctantly, and then you go on vacation. Yep, exactly. Just keep golfing, Mr. President. Um, I'll be surprised if he didn't, bright, he didn't bring in a ghostwriter to sign that bill. I don't bill. know if it's totally clear, but every time I say president for the last four years, there is an implied asterisk attached to it. <laughs> um, a, because like you, you can kind of question his legitimacy to some extent. B, because like he's never tried to be president for everyone. Um, he's never felt like the president. So I feel like I have to put that footnote in audibly. Um, so We all heard it. Yeah. <laughs> GOP, in, <laughs> these guys have sat back and done nothing. They've sat on their hands for a year. Or for ten months, uh, the it, it seems to me, and like we've gone through it in the show, that the Democrats have they first offered a three point one trillion dollar bill or whatever, and they dropped it down to two point two, then they dropped it down to one point seven, then it like got up to it, the the White House negotiated it up to one point nine, um, and then first of all, fuck them all for that because like they ended up on nine hundred billion, which is half of. The last, and shitty. it didn't take the last one four times as long to negotiate. When right. They, when then that, that clip when they said like this is the work of months of negotiation between both sides. Right. Like, what did you negotiate? I, Half the bill you already passed. I would say what took the fucking. Uh, I would put a little bit of blame on Nancy Pelosi. I got into some. Oh, ton. Yeah. I, I got into some arguments with uh, liberals on Twitter um, about how Nancy Pelosi. Uh, negotiated this well i don't agree i don't think that you that you drop a trillion and a half off of your original proposal and then an extra trillion like that doesn't to me that no you the, just the gave final the republicans number, everything the final number is a lot closer with, to their original number than yours right you didn't win no you didn't win and honestly pelosi and schumer have not won for four years they need to be out I agree they with really you. needed like they're yeah. not good at this. You, Trump was not a great opponent to begin with. He had low approval ratings, and the best you could do was dog shit. I got really aggravated with uh, a couple of the liberals that I argued with on Twitter, and I'll I'll say it here because I hope that um, that liberals don't keep don't have this mentality. Um, but a couple of people that I argued with argued that Nancy Pelosi should keep her speakership because she's good at getting under Trump's skin. Well, if democracy holds, Trump isn't a problem. I mean, 
there I definitely think Trump should be held accountable for shit during and before this presidency. Um, but Trump isn't a decision maker in 20 days or 15 days or whatever. Um, so having somebody who's the quality that you jump to is she's good at getting under his skin. I don't give a shit. That is not, and I would also argue that nobody should stay in a position that powerful, whether in the majority or the minority, for an extended period of time. We don't need also, career speakers. I don't, I, if your only skill is you can get under the other side's skin, I don't want you. And I You're w- trolling. I, w- I don't want to troll on my fucking team. I don't want it to lead my team especially. Right. I wouldn't, even that's my team. But, now, you know. I wouldn't say that that is her only quality, but I, what I would say is that one of her best qualities is a quality that I don't like and I don't think that you should like in politicians. She's great at fucking fundraising. Right. Great. It's good. You, like, it, it's good for the Democratic Party if the money gets used for the Democratic well, Party. Well, if the money comes with no strings attached, right. which it never but it does. But it doesn't. It turns into this situation where it's this politician was brought to you by um, or you can get a certain amount company of, You can here. get a certain amount of money, which you think you can do good with. But in order to do that right. good, you have, to, uh, you have to okay one bad thing. So I have a prediction of my own. Um, I think that Nancy Pelosi will get the speakership, but I think this, that she will announce that this is her last time running for it. Yeah. Uh, so – and uh, I'm willing to put that one on the board too. Put it on the board. Um, so – So while we're still talking about the stimulus though, like – so Trump buckled in after a week. Yes. So he didn't win that one. Right. And then he also lost another stimulus ba- or another a battle with uh, a bill, the he defense d- bill. He did, and we'll get to that in a second. I didn't pull a clip for it. We'll talk to it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. I got, I got a, a quote about that or in, uh, an article in I a second. Um, but one of the things that I want to point out on the stimulus is that while the GOP has spent ten months not doing anything and not being willing to come to the table with Democrats over stimulus. Um, even after the stimulus is passed and now we're in this fight for $2,000 instead of 600, the GOP takes a familiar line. Here's Senator Ron Johnson. One of the reasons we are currently $27.4 trillion in debt, which is about 128% of last year's GDP. If, if we do this bipartisan deal, another trillion dollars, will be $28.4 trillion in debt in the next three or four months. That's 132% of GDP. When I came to the Senate, we were a little over $14 trillion. Our GDP was over $15 trillion. We're actually below 100% of GDP. Now, I know I'm using a lot of numbers right now, and I'm going to use more because that's part of the problem. And one of the reasons we are $27.4 trillion in debt is We only speak about need, we only talk in terms of compassion, we all have compassion, we all want to fulfill those needs. We just don't talk in numbers. Here's the problem. I don't think that in, when you, when a normal person, not a politician, common person, thinks about a budget. And when somebody says something like, we need to think in terms of numbers because there's a bottom line and whatever, on a personal, individual level, that shit makes sense. When you're talking about, we started with, when I started, we had $15 trillion, and now we're at $27 trillion, and if we do this, we're at $28 trillion, and whatever, 
it doesn't matter because it's not this that got us the extra $15 trillion. It's not. So whatever got us here didn't fucking matter. Now we're in a pandemic. Now you have sent the country home and shut it down to some extent where it holds. Right. You like, and we've seen this. We've seen financial collapses before. The financial collapse of 2008 showed that countries that did stimulus measures fared way better than countries that did austerity measures. Like, that's what you fucking do. And at least that's what I, the data would show. And you I do. don't think that Senator Ron Johnson even gives a fuck about the uh, about. Well, can I also point out that, like, the I, I, the I know, def- I know for a fact he doesn't because he became senator in 2011. Most of the budget or the deficit he's complaining about got added on under Trump, and they're right. things that he voted for. He yeah. voted for the tax cut. He voted for all this shit. He yeah. didn't give a damn then when they were giving billionaires more. You know, no. l- lowering the 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 percentage they would pay. No, because it's all about what. What affects my bottom line? Yeah. That's why I and don't know. And we knew this the whole last four years when we and you were complaining about like where did the 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 budget hawks go that we've known yeah. our entire lives about the whole fiscal the, responsibility, the fiscal conservatives, right? Yeah, they went out the window, and they we knew, and we always joked they would return the moment we got a democratic president. Yeah. This is the beginning of it of them justifying like oh we can't do that it would cost too much money we get the you know like right they finally care about it. it's it's an imaginary number when it when it suits them and then it's a very yeah. real scary number when it when it's a tool yeah. They're like any fucking like grifter conspiracy like whatever. When you're when your side is in power, like you can kind of take it easy and stay fucking quiet and like do whatever. The second the other side comes back into power, boom, Project Veritas it's, comes it's, right back. Doomsday is yeah. is, is, is raining down. Yeah. Hellfire and brimstone. So while the uh, Democrats were dunking on the GOP through a, like what was it, Trump's fuck you to Mitch McConnell with the $2,000 checks comes in the form of there's an, there's an election coming up in a couple of weeks and, um, well, and, and, and now in now, a couple of days um, yeah. at the time it was a couple of weeks. And so his, and they really need Trump to fundraise for them to get people out right. to vote. And it's hard to do when you're telling people that the elections are rigged. Well, and you, when you tell people that they should be getting $2,000 and here's the GOP telling us that the deficit Voting against it. Yeah. The deficit is more important than helping your family. Right. Like Trump was trying to fuck Mitch McConnell into a position where like you might lose the Senate and you might get a demotion. Yeah. Cause it's putting uh, Loeffler and, um, Fuck faces name in uh, uh, Purdue. Purdue, fuck him. Yeah, it's putting them in, a, in an interesting bind where they have to like. Right. Well, do you support your team or do you support Trump? They have to be on the same team as Bernie Sanders. So after everything is said and done, all of this comes down to one simple fact: Will Senator McConnell, the Republican leader of the U.S. Senate, allow this body to vote on a bill? which will provide $2,000 per person to working-class families all across this country. That's what this whole debate is about. It's not whether you like the bill, you don't like, we can have that debate. Got three days left in this Congress. The House did the right thing. It's now time for the Senate to have that vote. I have to agree with Bernie Sanders. It's hard to say that when you're, you can't, you can't, send everybody home, shut everything down, and not 
do anything for people. And the thing that is is really infuriating about this whole stimulus battle at the end of the year and the, into the new year is that, like, as soon as the first stimulus package was passed in March, Democrats started talking about how do we get to the next one. They knew that there that would need to that be That was a not a solution. One. That was yeah. a temporary – it was a stopgap. Yeah. And Republicans have sat for so long that now we're in a dire position where benefits – where Donald Trump's in a position to be able to take the country hostage, to be able to put Mitch McConnell in a bad place. Um, it, it, they're just, like, infighting at this point, and it's at the expense of the American people. And, you know, what's disappointing is that while Bernie Sanders – and I am kind of pissed off at the Democrats a little bit here, too, because seven senators – Seven Democratic senators in that room with Bernie Sanders also ran for president. None of them are standing up having this fight about— Also, one of them was a man named Andrew Yang, who uh, his big platform was giving people $2,000. Yeah, but he's not in this room. He's not a politician. I know. I just think it's ironic that like he was talking about $2,000 checks for a while. Although, this is I will say he was supporting this. Oh, he was supporting it, but also part of him has to be kicking himself, being like, God, if I'd have only won. Yeah, I said this. This would have been (laughs) Providence. What's disappointing is, is, but expected is Mitch McConnell's rebut um, to to the Bernie Sanders line. Now, for several days, we've heard some senators say Congress must send more cash to high-earning households who haven't seen any income disruption during COVID-19. Our colleagues who purport to be the champions of vulnerable Americans now say that what struggling people really need is for Congress to stop focusing on targeted relief for them specifically and to instead send thousands of dollars to people who don't need the help. Experts from across the political spectrum agree that our colleague from Vermont is dead wrong on this. Socialism for rich people is a terrible way to help the American families that are actually struggling. So let me say that again. Borrowing from our grandkids to do socialism for rich people is a terrible way to get help to families who actually need it. Mitch McConnell does not give a shit about your grandkids. He does not give a shit about my grandkids. He does not give a shit about his grandkids. So he doesn't want to send money out to everyone because everyone doesn't need it. And it's not targeted. He's what is his tar- because he is not provo- he's not sitting there the Senate isn't sitting there proposing bills that target the people under the poverty line and right. like let's pump no. them with money. What I think he just did was I think he just told restaurant owners because we allowed you to keep your restaurants open, you don't need help. Your lifestyle hasn't been affected. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like I mean, he didn't say it in those words, but that's kind of the sentiment that you give if you're Oh, is your business still open? You weren't affected. Even yeah. if you, even if your tr- the foot traffic is oh, affected, you, even if uh, dining in is affected. Were or you whatever. an essential worker? Fuck off! You nothing, nothing right. was different for you this year. Even if you had to take two weeks off unpaid, you know, work or you know, stock just, up on fucking toilet paper. I think or it's a, or, I think it's a really fucking interesting play. A couple of days ahead of an election that could determine. Where he sits in that room. Yeah, I mean, he's, let's be, let's be very fair about this. I mean, uh, if Democrats take both seats, it's tied, dead even. And then 
Harris is the mm-hmm. tiebreaker as VP. Yeah. In that all important godlike role she has. Right. Yeah. And 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 it would absolutely be a demotion. And I also think too, if the Senate if the Democrats do take the then two thousand twenty election, even though it took like three and a half months to play it out, is a, it, it's is a referendum. A, exactly. On Trump. It, yeah. One hundred percent. They have the slimmest majority, but they took back all three houses. Yeah. Less than a week before the state's high stakes Senate runoffs. The pair of races will determine the balance of power in that chamber. Republican incumbents David Perdue, Kelly Loeffler are facing Democratic challengers John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. It's it's interesting that we have January 5th, the election, the runoff, and we'll probably get those results January 6th, the day that Pence does something and then jets off to Europe. Yeah, we might It's going to be an interesting thir- Wednesday-Thursday combo. If we're going to be uh, if we're going to be close to each other, um on on the sixth, we might want to record a short something. I don't know how much we'll know, um, but it might be something that we consider doing. Just because I have a feeling this week's going to be weird. Because <laughs> um, the the best case scenario doesn't look great. No, it's not rosy. No, it's not. Um, so the the GOP, who had like in my opinion, has not done. They really trumped themselves into a corner, you might say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they haven't had a good year, um, and and when we're looking at the 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 race coming up this week, um, the candidates aren't untainted. Senator Kelly Leffler has gotten a lot of attention since the weekend. The man standing next to her is white supremacist Chester Doles. Several news outlets report it was taken Friday at a campaign event in Dawsonville. Doles is a former leader of the Ku Klux Klan. He served time in prison for beating a black man, according to the Baltimore Sun. He's also been connected to neo-Nazi and skinhead groups, and the Associated Press reports he marched in the 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm fourth generation Klansman. What do you think happened to the roads? I still believe people of European descent have every right to shake the shackles of white privilege and white guilt that's been shoved down our children's throat. That's from an interview with Doles last year ahead of a free speech pro-Trump rally he organized in Dahlonega. Yeah, sounds like a stand-up guy. Um, also sounds like exactly the person, like, she knew who he, who he was. There's no way. I don't know if she did. Uh, Even if she didn't, does it matter? Like, she knew that he was a Trump supporter. Like yeah. that, there's a pretty good chance he's also a KKK member at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Now, I will say, like, there there has been stories this week about how she was campaigning with him. She wasn't campaigning with him. There was a photo um, and a fundraiser, taken, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, it's, now that uh, that still gives me hope that that in this day and age of Trump, that when a picture comes out with you and a confirmed Nazi, you still have to distance yourself from said Nazi, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good. Now, it, that's at least a good it, thing. It worries me that if you couch it even to the littlest, you can get away with it. Right, you can be like, "Oh, I'm not a Nazi. I'm a nationalist." Although or I will, whatever. I will say to her point, like because there's one thing if the Nazi is trying to couch it at the point, which I don't think they would at the point of association, the the candidate should not try to couch it. And to her credit, I don't think that she did. For Senator Leffler's part, her deputy campaign manager says she had no idea who Doles was, and if she had, she would have, quote, kicked him out immediately because we condemn in the most voracious terms everything he stands for. That is the exact response you should have. A hundred percent. I'm not giving her, like, I mean. It is the only reasonable response to have with, to taking picture with a Nazi. Right. 
I don't feel like it's a pat on a uh, pat on the back. I feel like it should be a given. Like, yeah, you know, 100%. like not congratulations. Do that every fucking time. Yeah. Um, just like if someone you work with or like that works for you in some capacity ro- like steals money, you have to put out something condemning them. You, right. We fired them. We don't support that. It's definitely no. I didn't know who he was. Yeah, I couldn't hear in my headset <laughs> Donald Trump, um, but that also didn't stop her opponent from jumping on the story. Her runoff opponent, Democrat Raphael Warnock, points to why her rallies draw people who share Doles' avowed beliefs about nationalism and white supremacy. His campaign released a statement saying, in part, while Kelly Leffler runs a campaign based on dividing and misleading Georgians, she's once again trying to distance herself from someone who is a known white supremacist and former KKK leader who nearly beat a black man to death. And that's why uh, you should know who you're fundraising with, um, because the attack point is a very valid point that Raphael Warnock brings up. And it's also, like, it's something that, it needs to be called out. It is good that Loeffler called it out. Um, but, like, it also needs to be addressed. Like, the white supremacy and the, like, let's make, if the Republican Party is decent, which I don't believe that it is anymore, if it was, um, I believe it's less decent than it has ever been right now, um, then what they need to do is they need to make sure that the GOP is not attractive to white nationalists. It seems that's, like it's turning into a white nationalist party. That's very true, because instead of condemning it, they they do this, oh, no, both sides have a point, which is like, no, one side is saying that yeah. Jews will not control us. Well, and not only— Or will, will not replace us. Right. But not only are they—like, they're furthering it when they contest election results. Like, the, the government itself is falling into the far fringe— like the fringe is becoming the mainstream. Yeah. Well, and, and, it's, and, it's, and that's and fucking it's scary. Absolutely, a hundred percent. When they try to contest election results, a hundred, it's because what uh, what results are they trying to contest? They're trying right. to contest Detroit, not all of Michigan. Detroit, Detroit, where right. a large percent of Black people voted. Yeah, they're they are systematically targeting minorities, which is a hundred percent going to appeal to a fourth generation Klan's member. Yeah, yep, yeah. So uh, GOP, work on that for the next four years. Stop being racist and stop appealing to racist. Um, now, I will say, like, and I've already mentioned that she didn't, uh, she didn't campaign with him. So there is the, there's, I've got one more clip um, and it'll get, it'll become relevant in a second. This is a funny clip to me because this is uh, also related to the Georgia runoff that's coming up in a couple of days. Um, John Ossoff is at a campaign stop he's doing his stump speech and uh you know so all the media guys are around field guys whatever um and i think steve ducey of fox news is like standing pretty close to ossoff um as he's finishing up his campaign speech um and so ducey who's standing close enough to just jump in and be like oh i'm i'd like I think you can tell in the tone as he starts off his a little questioning. Bit of a gotcha. Like, yeah, he's trying to set he's him up. He's gonna get him. He's he's <laughs> gonna get him. Um, but I think he gets he gets <laughs> gotched. He gotched him. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I th- he I, gotched himself. He does, um, because this the this is one of my favorite moments of the week. This is actually my only happy moment since like two hours ago when we fucking started this shit. And Mr. Ossoff, uh, Mr. Ossoff, we are actually, we are, uh, really quickly, we are live on Fox right now. Thank you for the question. Uh, you talk in your stump speech that we just listened to about health and jobs and justice for all. Why not talk more about your experience, your relevant experience, and being the best person to deliver on those things? Well, look, I've made my career fighting injustice, exposing war crimes and corruption. I run a business that's exposed terrorism, that's exposed sexual slavery by ISIS, that's exposed judicial corruption. And right now we have a crisis of corruption in American politics. And since we're live on Fox, let me take this opportunity to address directly the Fox audience. We have two United States senators in Georgia who have blatantly used their offices to enrich themselves. This is beyond partisanship. And the reason to your question that I talk so much about health and jobs and justice for all the people is that we can unite behind that program. We've lost nine rural hospitals in Georgia in 10 years. We can reopen them. We can invest in infrastructure to build jobs, revitalize our communities, create opportunity, raise the minimum wage so that people doing an honest week's work can not just survive, but can thrive. And yes, pass landmark civil rights and voting rights legislation to secure equal justice for all. And I humbly and respectfully request the support of everyone who is tuned in on Fox right now. And I'd love for you to log on to electjon.com. That's electjon.com. I can't cut him off. Uh, It's obviously racist if I cut him off. One more quick one while we've got you. Any any concern that the allegations of wrongdoing against Reverend Warnock could possibly be a drag on the Democratic ticket next week? None whatsoever. Reverend Warnock addressed this issue a year ago. And here's the bottom line. Kelly Leffler has been campaigning with a Klansman. Boom! <laughs> Kelly Leffler has been campaigning with a Klansman. Well, he fucking punctuated And so she it. is stooping to these vicious personal attacks to distract from the fact that she's been campaigning with a former member of the Ku Klux Klan. Doozy's like, I mean, I'm we deserve be better than that here in Georgia. And I want to encourage everybody to make a plan to vote on Tuesday. Thank you, sir. Right. Thank you, Mr. Ossoff. First of all, all right, if there was anybody that ever guys. gave you flashbacks of Obama. Yeah. It's that fucker. Yeah. 100%. But also, like, that might be the most enjoyable two minutes I've ever seen of Fox News. Yeah, that was great. Um, I feel like they were screaming in his ear the whole time, like, ask him this, you got to follow up. Why aren't you interrupting him? Cut him off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was beautiful. Uh, now, again, I will say, campaigning I, with a Klansman is different. He should have said it a third time. He... Because, like, it was funnier every time he said the it. The only problem that I have with it is it's what everybody got hung up on. And they were like, that's not true. Fact check, fact check. Even CNN was like, "That's not." she's not campaigning. There's a difference between campaigning. The point still remains that they were at the fundraiser. Like, there is the picture. Like, I don't she know. She was campaigning, and there was a Klansman there. Well, Technically, yeah. he did not lie. If you want to get lawyer about it, you goddamn sons of bitches. But all I know is that uh, I. But I think besides that one technicality, like everything he said was true. Like, yeah. why am I not talking about my qualifications? Because I'm talking about the issues that, yeah. uh, that you're supposed to vote for me. Well, for. and I think that Ducey like completely fucked that. Like, I really. F- 
when he said one more question, I was like, oh, because your first one went so well. If I was in his ear, I'd be like, no, you go to a commercial, you walk the fuck away. Yeah. You failed. This is over. I'm going to end this interview like, for it, it, you out like, of sympathy. It wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been surprised if the second question is like, how big is your dick? Yeah. Like, just... Um, yeah, I don't know. I hope he wins. I hope Ossoff wins. I hope that I'm, that that was. I mean, like, Warnock I'm sure that wins. was that that was rehearsed, like everything. But that was a ve- very well thought out. I just response. at this point, I don't think that the GOP has the best interest of the people in at heart. I don't. I think that no. if the Democrats don't win win these two seats in Georgia, that there won't be another stimulus. There won't be. Uh, like because the GOP doesn't give a shit. Like they're gonna pitch the deficit line to you like you give a shit. And you uh, can see that with Loeffler and uh, the other GOP and Purdue. Purdue of like they didn't support two thousand dollar checks until like and, after Trump came out. Yeah, until, they were all for the six hundred dollar checks until they also probably knew from Mitch McConnell that there's no way we're gonna do this. Right. Like you know, like yeah, go same, ahead and come out for it. It doesn't matter. It's the same with Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham jumped on that shit too. Like it, dude, it doesn't matter. You're only bootlicking. Like, that's all you're doing. Um, You know, so I don't know. I hope that the I hope that Georgia my my plea to any Georgians listening that haven't voted is to is to demote Mitch McConnell Um, because because like that dude doesn't like he doesn't have our best interest at a good they the reason that we're in the position that we are right now with the day after the election on the 6th is because Mitch McConnell and the GOP have let Donald Trump figuratively shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and let him get away with it. And so for that reason alone, Mitch McConnell doesn't deserve to be speaker. Um, the GOP sitting on their hands for 10 months and not trying to help the American people when it was so evident to everyone that that's what was going to be necessary. And that their guy wasn't going to do it. That they had the right. power to circumvent him. Like, they just handed him a veto. Right. Or an override on a veto. They could have done that. They could have done it. And they never did until he was out. I mean, it's to the point now where he's, like, kind of yeah. limited in the damage he can do. So I don't think that the GOP deserves to be at the grown-ups table. I don't. I, I think no. that they've shown us for four years that they don't give I mean, a I shit I think they've about... shown us for in our lifetime since 2001. I agree. But I think really in the last they... four they've shown that, like, any, any pretense that they were the, the party of – Financial, fiscal, like or or any responsibility type of constitutionality or, or values or any like yeah, the maturity. Whole, the whole pitch is bullshit, and I'm not yeah. saying that the Democrats' pitch is clean. It's not, but like, come on, like this this is ridiculous. We like we're actually sitting here, and I'm wondering if by the next if by the next time we record, will democracy in America have fallen? Or will or has it already, and is the illusion of it just fading away now? I don't know. I hope I hope that if it's gone and we're just living with the illusion now, that we just keep living in the illusion. Like the the opposite seems worse for right now. Um, How funny is it? It could be a guy from Missouri that does it to us. I also have a title for this, or well, maybe it's subtitle. Like democracy, I holly, I holly knew you. <laughs> that's, is, that, is that anything? That's I don't know. No, I don't know. We'll debate it in post. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll definitely have a, an anniversary show uh, coming up on the around the twentieth <clears throat> for the I think four year anniversary. Had you gone back four years in time and asked Brandon on the first episode of TDAP, like, hey, 
on your first anniversary episode, what do you think you'd be talking about? I I think jokingly you would have been like the fall of democracy, yeah. and you'd, you'd have been like, oh, you're I'm, you're I'm more right than you know. Pretty positive within the first couple of episodes that I said like this guy's gonna try to steal fucking <laughs> like he's not leaving like he's he's gonna have to be dragged out of there so i don't know um until then though i mean there may be an impromptu one we do have uh, I, I am excited um i'm still gonna kind of keep the cards a little bit close but we do have another project that we're gonna be doing through 2021 um that i will officially announce in the next episode um but i am very excited about it um jim is involved with that one the the three of us um are are all still involved in in that so i'm larry mo curly returning yes um so i'm excited about that which we'll uh we'll talk about in altering schedule here with like the the way that we've been putting these out um and whatnot in in the next episode um but uh yeah so until then you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at uh, TDAP Dark um, episodes. There will be another episode out or, like around inauguration day. Um, Maybe th- after the sixth, depending on what yeah, happens and, and how I'm, dramatic this gets. I'm really kind of leaning to that. There may be a next week episode also, yeah. um, and Jim should be back with us for that. Um, so yeah, you, episodes will be out on Spotify, iTunes, any podcatcher, all that. Great review, stuff. subscribe. Yeah. Um, and until next time, which at this point could be fucking Mad Max. Like who <laughs> fucking knows? Uh, here it is. Your alternative fact of the week. The end is coming, Donald. Even Mike Pence knows. He's backing away from your train wreck, from your desperate lies and clown lawyers. When Mike Pence is running away from you, you know it's over. Trying to save his reputation, protect his future. Oh, there's one last thing, Donald. On January 6th, Mike Pence will put the nail in your political coffin when he presides over the Senate vote to prove Joe Biden won. It's over. And Mike Pence knows it. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. The Devil's Advocate Podcast is a Fever Heart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condit and co-hosted by Franklin Everhart and Jim Hillman. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. 